Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. The Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216 9010945 That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, thanks for tuning in today. Yeah, I'm uh, excited to be here. It's a very nice July 4th last night. Kind of a, well, last night for me. (laughs) Uh, The show is actually pre-recorded, so I'm here on Friday morning. Uh, I'll be back next Saturday, so stay tuned. Feel free to give me a call if you have any questions at all. And you can go to my website. My phone number there is 330-664-0700. The website is bullingtoncapital.com. And you can also go to sign up for a the seminar that's happening next Saturday morning. Uh, next Saturday morning, we're doing a seminar at the Tri-C Corporate College. We're talking about the 60-second retirement plan and risk control in your finances. The 60-second retirement plan is exactly what it is. You know, that's one of the things that uh, I guess uh, I'm very passionate about. It's trying to simplify the financial world. It's been made so complicated, and it it takes forever to get your arms around all the stuff that people are saying, all the stuff that's being written about in the Wall Street Journal, Barron's Magazine. Once you get it, you're like, hey, wait a minute. The, uh, <laughs> you guys are making up all these terms for nothing. They're repetitive. They're a lot of, you know, they're saying the same exact thing, only they're the only ones that know that. You know, and, and there's there's a specific personality type. They most of them happen to be writers, by the way. The uh that like to create a new name for old stuff. That's why we have so many um words in the dictionary that mean the same thing. <laughs> I guess it's uh I, I guess it's okay. It's just it's just the way it is. But anyway, when you get your arms around the whole thing, like retirement planning, okay? It's it's very simple. You've got two things to fund your retirement. Actually, you've got three things. Um, oh no, I take that back. It's only two things. You've got savings, those assets that you've acquired that you've accumulated to help fund your retirement. And you have income. Now, that income could be from Social Security, could be from a pension. It might be from a job that you get. You might find out that your savings aren't enough to be able to supplement your Social Security to be able to retire. So you may have to add a source of income by keeping a part-time job. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely, in fact, 
I'm going to keep, I'm going to go work at Lowe's when I retire because that's my favorite store in the world. <laughs> now, I don't own a single share of their stock, by the way, but the, which I probably should. I, I think I will. I'm going to go buy a share of Lowe's. I'm going to have them send me the certificate. By, by the way, that's going to probably cost more than the stock itself. <laughs> they literally charge you more for a certificate, stock certificate, than you pay for the stock in many, many cases. In fact, let me take a look really quickly since I brought this up. I can tell you very fast uh, whether or not I'm going to have to uh, pay that. And I, actually, I can't remember what uh, Lowe's, yeah, there it is. It's Lowe's symbol is low, which is the opposite of its stock price. Its stock price is 103 bucks a share. <laughs> That's not low. <laughs> but uh, actually, and in 2009, when the market had crashed, it had gotten, wow, boy, I didn't remember that. It had gotten all the way down to 13 bucks. Holy cow. And it was at 35 in 2007. It goes down to 13. Now it's at 103. It's not an undervalued stock, by the way. Yeah, so that's why I wouldn't buy more than a share of it. And the share that I'm going to be buy is going to cost me 100 bucks. Probably cost me $150 for the transfer agent to actually send out a paper certificate. I'm, I'm not kidding. That's how much they want to charge you to send out a paper certificate. So now I got $300 invested in it. And then it's probably going to cost me, oh, 50 bucks or so to get a frame for it, <laughs> to get it framed. So that stock is going to have to go up a lot just to make back the money I'm about to spend on putting a, uh, a single share in a uh, pane of glass. So, but you know, it's, like I said, I'm not buying it as an investment. Actually, it's a piece of art. And I guess for that, from that standpoint, that's not all that expensive. Like 350 bucks for a piece of art, I guess. And actually, that is a lot of money <laughs> for a piece of paper that's worth 100 Um, which is also kind of funny because you think about it. All right, so it's worth 100 right now anyway. It's, I don't know if it's actually fairly priced or not. I should take a look at that too. But the... uh Bottom line is people pay a whole lot of money for piece of art and then theirs are basically worthless uh, if something happens, you know, and most people don't adjust their homeowner's insurance when they do buy an expensive piece of art. So they got a lot more risk than I do. If I lose the certificate or if it burns up in a fire, there's still a copy at the transfer agent. I can get at least that part of it back. So I didn't really mean to uh, go into this topic this deeply, but... The uh, so I just wanted to uh, actually uh, kind of backpedal a little bit, go back to the the sixty second retirement plan. Uh, I want to work at Lowe's and when I retire, which is how we got onto this. So you've got three sources of income in retirement. You've got savings. You have pensions, which would include Social Security uh, in uh, or a pension, and you've got your ability to continue to go out and work. Those are the three things. Seems a lot easier when you think about it in those terms, doesn't it? Yeah. And by the way, how much do you need to, to actually achieve the lifestyle you want to lead? This is where everybody gets stuck on retirement planning. How much do you need to lead lifestyle you'd like to lead? And I'm going to tell you, 19 out of 20 people cannot answer that question. They expect me to tell them. Uh, I don't. I've never followed anybody around writing down everything they spent. <laughs> I mean, I've never done that in 30 years doing this. <laughs> so if you don't know, that's a problem. Okay. I can 
tell you how to solve that problem. Uh, we can open an account for you. The uh, you can make an an investment there, and it uh, part of our service is a a uh, service that tracks your spending for you. If you'd like to do that, if you have problems doing that, do what I do. I carry enough money in my pocket to pay for tips. So in case I go someplace where I have to uh, have some cash, um, I have enough tip money in my pocket. The rest of it, I use a card. I use a credit card. I pay that credit card off every month. But I use it because I get, first of all, I get 2% cash back, which is awesome. (laughs) Secondly, I have a record. There's a record of that transaction. That's how I knew I had to slow down in Starbucks. (laughs) I'm going, whoa, you know, that, that ain't, that's almost a car payment. <laughs> the, uh, well, a low car payment, but the, uh, uh, so anyway, tracking what you're spending kind of easy today. Cause you just sign up, you get an account, you can get a bunch of free ones online. We just happen to uh, provide them to our clients if they want them. And then you just watch, watch what you, you know, once a week go through. I was just having a conversation with one of my, uh, uh, best clients, one of my favorite clients. Uh, this guy, has watched everything he's ever spent. And I can tell you, he is in the top 1%, uh, top 1% for people having um, net worth. And the bottom line is this guy, he didn't have a super job. I mean, he had a good job. His wife worked. They also have two kids, uh, raised those kids, put them through college, have managed to save an enormous amount of money. And I asked him a long time ago, you know, what what are you doing? And I saw him back... I saw him this week and we went over this again. He goes, yeah, every Saturday I just sit down and I look at what I spent for that week. So he's tracking that. And uh, it's so much easier today than it was when he started doing this because he's retired now and he started doing this when he got married. Yeah, so he'd been doing that for 30 years. And I think once a week is probably a good thing to do. Um, you spend 10, 15 minutes, take a look at what you spent that week. Oh, what was that? The uh, Oh, what was that? Yeah, it's amazing how many times those things add up. You know, they, uh, so anyway, get a pretty decent idea of where you are and you can get in a pretty good idea of how much you need to save to be able to generate that income. And, uh, it's not, well, you know, it's not that hard, uh, and it's going to change over time. It'll definitely change. If you, you know, prices are going to go up, uh, real estate taxes as your real estate values appreciate. If you're living in a house that you bought, yeah, your taxes have a tendency to go up over time. Uh, the cost of repairing and keeping that home tend to go up over time. But uh, all this stuff you can kind of estimate. In fact, there's a guy that also does a show on this station, uh, the estate planning team. And he's probably one of the best I've ever seen at doing that type of planning. That's called cash flow based planning, financial planning. And uh, it's very good at it. Uh, so it's Mark from the estate planning team. Um, I'm the other style. I look at a goal. Okay, I can live on this much money. How do I know? Because I went down my, my budget and I saw how much money it takes to live. I added in there enough money for food and entertainment and multiplied it by 12. I did a monthly budget, multiplied it by 12. I said, okay, uh, that's how much I need. Now, I just got my Social Security account fixed after they broke it three years ago. <laughs> I go to log into my account and, and I can't log in anymore. It, it was crazy. So I go down to the social security office and after about five hours, literally, of having to wait, 
I get to speak to somebody. And they go, oh, yeah, well, you, we have you down as Bill Bullington. Yeah, well, I'm William Bullington. Well, when you were 16, you applied for a Social Security guard under Bill Bullington. Uh, yeah, but I've always been able to access it because my Social Security number and my name and all that. Well, sorry, you got to go bring a birth certificate and one other form of ID so that we can verify that this is you before we can let you see your account again. <laughs> And that's what they told me after I had, had spent about five hours waiting to get in there. And so I put it off. You know, I just recently went back down to the office. This time I was only there for two hours. I got to see somebody, brought the appropriate ID, they made the changes, and now I can access my Social Security account again. Sweet. You know, nothing's really changed. And, um, but you need to, that's something that everybody should probably do. If you, don't log in to your social security account and there's an error. You get three years and there's an error and you haven't caught it and three years have passed. You can't fix it. Okay. So kind of an important thing to do. Uh, go down in you know, with your pensions. That's another thing. Uh, I'm amazed sometimes how people that work for, I say that the state of Ohio or the federal government um, don't know how to get a uh, statement of benefits. It's just, you know, it's an annual thing. You can request it. They're supposed to email it to you, but you can request it. Just, I want a, a statement of benefits. It gives you a projection of the path that you're headed on right now. If I stay here for this time period, when am I first eligible? How much do I get? The uh, That stuff's free. I mean, you just you call HR and say, hey, you know, send this out to me. I, I, I lost my copy. You know, they'll probably want to email it to you, which is fine. You can just print it off. But if he insists, they'll actually mail it to you. So that's a good thing. Um, once you've got once you've gotten that, then you can kind of see, you know, the gap that you're going to have to fund to be to the lifestyle that you'd like to have. Uh, again, that's not an easy question to answer. What kind of lifestyle do I want to have? Some say, a lot of people say, well, I think I'd like to have $100,000 a year. Okay, is that before tax or after tax? Because after tax is probably going to be around eighty. Yeah, after all the taxes you pay in your Medicare when you're retired. the uh, So $80,000, is that sound doable? Oh, no, 100000 after. Okay, it's 100000 after tax, no sweat. Take 100000 after taxes, put it in, uh, just assume that you're going to take out about 4%, okay? If you're going to take out 4% and you, you need 100000 if you're going to do it without Social Security, if you don't want to count on, so if you're one of those people that believe Social Security is going out of business, but by the way, it will never do that. Yeah, you want to talk about an uprising? That will never do that. That, that guy will be, a, whoever is in a presidential office at that point in time is going to be a one-term president if he does it in his first term. Okay. So that'll, that's never going to happen. They don't need to do that. By the way, we'll have those conversations later on. Anyway, one, once you get that uh, idea, the whole point of this whole conversation is once you have a pretty good idea of what that is, uh, that Social Security number or pension, gives you a better idea of, of what you have to fund, the, that gap that you have to fund. Okay? If you did it without Social Security and you said $100,000 and you're getting 4.5% or 4%, okay? that's the old financial planning 4% rule. I tend to use somewhere between 4 and 6. I'll go into that in a future show. But right now I'm just going to go with the more conservative, the 4% withdrawal rate. You'd need about $1.25 million to generate $100,000. You know, think about that for a second. You need well over a million dollars to generate $100,000. Now, if you were getting, say, the maximum Social Security, which is, uh, I think it's around 3700 now. I, I, I could be wrong. 
anyway, let's just say it's right around 40,000 bucks. Okay, so if you're getting the maximum Social Security around 40,000 bucks, that's an individual, by the way, not a married couple. Uh, right around forty thousand dollars. Well, forty thousand from from one hundred thousand sixty thousand. Okay, uh, and sixty thousand times four is a uh, a much bigger, a much smaller number. So, for, and I actually got to have to do this in my head because my calculator is not here. So I'd multiply that by uh, twenty at first, and twenty times six is one point two million. Is that what that is? Two times six. Yeah, it's one point two million. So that's still a uh, a big nut. <laughs> it's a little over 1.2 million. And uh, me without my calculator, I should never do that. By the way, at the seminar, I'm going to bring my calculator. And I'm going to bring a calculator for everybody that's there. Because this is kind of an important thing. The, uh, if you're looking at doing a uh, um, retirement plan, it's it's not that hard. But you just need those numbers. And I actually found it. So I'm using the reason I was, uh, actually my head is not as clear is because I was looking at, um, four and a half percent. I was trying to do the four and a half percent in my head because four and a half percent is a number that's actually replaced the 4% number. Anyway, 600,000 is 4% of 1.5 million. Okay. It's 1.5 million. And if you were a hundred thousand, when I said four percent, I I think I was saying somewhere around that. I was actually mistaken. So uh, hang on one second. I'm going to do that again. So let's say you wanted a hundred thousand, and you're only going to take out four percent, and that's going to be two and a half million dollars. That's a big buck. That's a huge buck. Now remember, I said if uh, you had. S- 40,000 in social security that would bring that number down to about 1.5 million that saved you a million dollars that you didn't have to save now i know those numbers are huge so if i took a, a more normal number so let's say 20 uh two thousand dollars a month which is a lot more normal from social security so you get twenty four thousand dollars a year okay 20 times twenty four thousand is four hundred eighty thousand. that's about so you can figure a little over half a million dollars you're not going to have to save because you're going to get that much in Social Security, and that's a guarantee. And it's got a cost of living increase. doesn't actually keep up with the cost of living, but that's another show. Yeah, but you do get a little increase in that each year. Okay, so it reduces significantly the amount of money that you have to save. I hear the music. I had to take a commercial break. You're listening to Bill Billing right here on 1420. Stay tuned. Raise my hands up to the Father. And we're back. Hey, I'm sorry if I put you to sleep during that last segment with all the numbers. I know that's really hard to listen to, especially when you're driving. But uh, my whole point behind that was it's a little complicated sometimes uh, when you come to the seminar next Saturday morning early. I'm going to get you in and get you out. When you see the numbers, it is so much easier. The uh, It's just like, oh, that's what he was talking about. Yeah, well, <laughs> yep. 
So we're going to talk about the 60-second retirement plan uh, and risk control. This this is a big deal. You know, I started talking about how I like Lowe's, and I am going to go ahead and buy one of those certificates. I'm going to get it sent to me, and I'm going to get that sucker framed because that is my dream retirement job, <laughs> working at Lowe's. My, my dad was a, re, uh, was a carpenter, actually, was a mostly a subcontractor, did some contracting too, uh, worked really hard, so... You know, one of the things I have in common with somebody who's really famous is we're both sons of carpenters. Maybe you can figure that one out. <laughs> so anyway, and that's kind of where that uh, likeness ends because uh, I'm nowhere near, <laughs> uh, not even remotely close. But uh, anyway, um, so I've got this affinity for tools working with my hands. Uh, I would love to be able to do it. The, uh, in fact, I would have loved it when I was really young. The problem is to get started in that business, you've got to really either have some money behind you. Well, I guess you, no, nah, you could. It, it just takes you a long time. Today, it's pretty good. If you're going to be a carpenter today, you go through the union program. There's a shortage of those guys, and they make a pretty good buck, and uh, it's a nice income. So anyway, you just kind of fall in love with tools, especially if a tool is going to make your job easier. I can't imagine. My dad used to tell me about when they went from hand saws, the old saws that you probably still see. I don't know how many people even know what those are. Not hardly any millennials will know what that is. You're, there's no electricity. Uh, look it up. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> An old hand saw. The uh, well, when they went from hand saws to electric saws, you know, he was telling me he was around and they was using. Uh, well, I actually was a little kid, but the. Um, his grandfather used the hand saws. His hand, his grandfather did not like the electric saws because he said, you know what? When these electric saws break, you guys are going to have to go home for the day. My dad, uh, as he got older, he said, yeah, you know what? That was actually the right thing to do because it was so much slower <laughs> using the hand saw that you were better off going home and get your saw fixed. The uh, Anyway, so you get kind of uh, enamored. And they have, the, cool, the tools today are just so cool. By the way, Lowe's, is not horribly undervalued. I'm, I'm sorry, horribly, horribly overvalued, which is why I decided to get the certificate. <laughs> that was the deciding factor. It's not horribly overvalued. It, it's fairly valued right now. It's actually fairly valued. The revenue growth rate was only 2%. Uh, by the way, that's one of the other things that we're doing at the seminar. How, what am I talking about? How, why do I mean undervalued or overvalued? That's called the 60-second test. The, uh, not the 60 second retirement test. Notice how everything I do is like 60 seconds. The, uh, that's a habit by the way, the, uh, from having to be really efficient for a very long time. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, the 60 second test on a stock, well, I'll go through lows at the seminar. It's literally going to take me 60 seconds. Uh, eventually I will get a blog post put up on that. It's a, a value oriented thing. Uh, it's fairly simple. It'll keep you out of trouble. With a lot of stocks, the uh, you know a lot of people want to buy this company called Beyond Meat, and I get it. It's a uh, you know it's a it's a fad. It's a thing. Uh, it's a real thing. Revenue growth is off the charts, but you know they're getting close to a hundred million in revenue. Probably shoot past that relatively quickly, but it's selling for almost a hundred times more than that. That's crazy. If somebody comes and offers you 
a hundred years worth of your salary just so they could have your job and you don't take it, you're fired as a client. (laughs) I mean, imagine a hundred years of your salary, not your take-home pay, your salary. That's what that company is selling for. I don't care what it does. Yeah, it could go up triple, quadruple. It doesn't matter. The risk is too high. I'm not interested in that. Unless it shows up on a momentum scan, and which I'm proud to announce is probably going to launch in September. That thing I've been talking promising for years since I stopped it the last time. Um, this time I'm I'm farming out all the stuff. I'm only doing the content. Someone else is doing the design and the maintenance of the website. Someone else is handling the subscriptions and all the customers, uh, like Seager, that's his name. And it's going to be a real thing. It'll be more, you know, we'll be changing it over the years, but it's going to start with that one thing, which is uh, momentum investing. It's a very legitimate style. It's actually been legitimized because the biggest asset manager in the world has at least a dozen momentum funds now. These were the same guys who poo-pooed this for 50 years. <laughs> when the computers got smart enough, they were like, oh, yeah, hey, wait a minute. And you know, I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. There were some other people who were smart before the computers that did all this by hand. Dry House, uh, Janice, 20th Century. You might recognize some of those names, Fidelity. The, uh, they used the same investment management style that anybody can learn. You can learn this one in an hour. I promise you, you can learn how to do this in an hour. Now, I am going to tell you, it's challenging. I'm going to tell you what the challenges are. I'm going to tell you exactly what the challenges are. We're going to do that. We're going to cover that. That only takes about 10 minutes. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, I've spent my entire life since I got out, well, since I started this business, just studying these things so that I could try to get, to simplify it, get it down to the things that are the most important and then take it from there. I don't need to know everything there is to know unless you're like I am and you know, you're just really curious about that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's fine. But what you need to do to make money with your accounts is not nearly that sophisticated. In fact, that style, the momentum style is not something that you should have a tremendous amount of money in because it fluctuates a lot. It fluctuates more than a lot of other strategies that you should also have in your portfolios. Uh, and that, that's a big thing because, you know, one of the uh, uh, big risks to running out of money is that your portfolio is too volatile, too volatile. That's why I'm not a big fan of putting all your money in the S&P 500. I don't care what the return is. It goes down 50% or so <laughs> every once in a while. And you know what? If it's going down 50% and you're taking out more than 4% initially, you've got a problem. You're going to have a big problem. Now, I have people that are taking out more than 4%, but they're not 65. They're not 60. They're not 55. Okay. It, based on their age, it's a little safer to do that. Okay. Because you're, you know, your average life expectancy and all that kind of stuff. And this is one of the reasons that you want to sit down and talk with an advisor how much do you need? Now, how much do you really need? How much can you afford? How much risk can you take? And will it get you there? There's the risk that you're taking, the risk that you need to take, and the risk that you're capable of taking. And when those all three align, you're cooking with gas. 
when you're uh, getting all that stuff lined up together. And that's those are hard, by the way. I fortunately there's no computer program yet that can look you in the eyes and ask you questions to get a feel for, okay, what would you do if this happened? And what would you do if this happened? And there's no pre-computer program yet that can come up and and remind you why it's doing what it's doing and telling you that it should be okay, that this has happened before. And uh, and at some point in time, though, I promise you, that, that technology is going to exist. It will absolutely exist. But for now, you just have to rely on people to be able to sit down and and really just develop a plan. Now, there are people that can do this on their own. I no doubt, you know, I know people that have actually taught themselves how to play, fly a plane, playing a video game. That's that's happened more than once, actually. The uh, I can't prove that, by the way, which also brings me to something else. You know, last week I was talking a little bit about uh, uh, fractional reserve banking and uh, actually made a statement that I could not back up. So I apologize for that because I went and tried to look up and try to find it again. It's something I read 25 years ago and I gave that book away a long time ago, which is a really bad habit of mine. I, I give my favorite books away because I like them so much. I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to share them. I can't tell you how many copies of Peter Lynch's book I gave away. And, and actually, I was really upset once when I realized I'd given away my only autographed copy. The uh, <laughs> For those of you that don't know who Peter Lynch is, he was a, this dude was a stud amongst, uh, he was, but when I say stud, I mean, he was just really, really good at picking stocks and investing. He was actually invested in bond stocks, bonds, foreign international stocks. He was, uh, he was saying, we're a capital appreciation fund, not a stock fund. And, I was like, oh, because I was just like everybody else. I thought it was a stock fund, just just stocks. And he was able to go wherever the values were, uh, whether it was, they were bonds, whether it was stocks, whether it was foreign or interna- you know, international emerging market. The, uh, he uh, got to invest in all those things. And I was like, oh. And then I, uh, you know, because I had actually worked at Fidelity for a while. And I got to really study up hard, mostly from just uh, talking to other people in the firm. Never actually spoke to him personally which I'd really like to do one day. Maybe I'll uh, be able to cross that off my bucket list one day. Anyway, guy was a genius, uh, excellent investor, The uh, and went to where the values were, and I just forgot why I even brought that up, which is not uncommon when you're above the age of 50 anymore. Oh, I remember now because uh, I was talking about something that I'd read. It was actually before I read his books. They, they actually came out before his books, so that's a long time ago. And when I went to do some research to see if I could find those passages, what I found were a lot more entries, you know, because the Internet has really evolved in the past 25 years. <laughs> and there's a lot of information uh, about fractional reserve banking. And it's a, a really good, basically they're just history lessons, but the whole effect of fractional reserve banking is that you, especially when you have a central bank who has the ability to extend credit, Okay. That doesn't have anything to do with the fractional reserve stuff. Okay. It's just that when a bank gets in trouble because they've made bad loans and the bad loans have to be made up, Federal Reserve can step in and make that okay. okay. They can actually make those problems go away. Now, when they do that, it happens to be inflationary. And by the way, whether you've lost the money because of inflation or because your portfolio value has dropped, you're in the same boat. 
if my stocks get cut in half or if prices double and my stocks don't grow, I'm in exactly the same place. Yeah, uh, that's something I I always laugh about because uh, you know people don't really think a lot about that. Uh, we're talking about getting a four percent rate of return or withdrawing four percent. Now I used to say six. Returns are not nearly as high as they used to be. It can it really depends on your age and how your portfolio is put together. It has a lot to do with what the appropriate withdrawal rates should be. But you need to uh, just be cognizant of that. The uh, understand it, in other words. And that's hard to do. And that's probably one of the biggest values working with an advisor can bring to the table as an advisor that's listening and so tries to com- to build the portfolio to match you. You know, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. You just need to pay attention on you. Focus on what you're doing, how much risk you think you can take, how much risk realistically do you think there is in the portfolio that you've got? How far did it go down during the uh, you know big correction? How long did it take to get back? That's a big deal. I'll take a lower return as long as I don't go down 50% and take 10 years to recover. Now, that's what happened with the S&P 500. The, uh, and that's why I don't like to use that that often. And I have funds that are very similar to that. They're very similar. The big difference is that the funds that I'm using have one or two other factors. And you've probably heard something about factor investing. Most of factor investing is not very productive. Uh, you get the same risk and lower returns. Those are great factors, right? You know, you should left those off. Some factors over time have pr- uh, produced slightly higher returns or at least returns that would justify the fact that they, uh, they might have been lower, but they didn't have nearly as much risk. Okay, so that's a big thing. And those factors are actually kind of common sense, by the way. Things like profitability, uh, things like dividend yield, things like valuation. Uh, valuation means how much is it selling for versus how much it should normally sell for. If it's, you know, if, if, if I'm looking at Beyond Meat, there's no way to come up with a good valuation for that one because it's so far above where it should be. Uh, but if I look at Lowe's and I do the 60-second test, I go, wow, that's like barely above where it should be. And actually, it's almost almost exactly where it should be. Is that good? Well, if you if you just like to buy bargains, maybe not. If you want something that's undervalued by 30 or 40%, you'd probably pass on Lowe's. If you just said, look, I'm just going to take one share of Lowe's, put it in a frame, put it on my wall. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. In fact, there's a pretty good chance that that one share of stock will be worth more than it's selling for today, somewhere four or five years down the road. Okay, Why? Because the cost of the goods that Lowe's is selling is going up a little bit. And so people, assuming they're, they're buying the same amount of volume, and they should be buying about the same amount of volume because the population's actually aging, uh, which means that you know more and more people are fixing their old houses that they lived in for 30 years. <laughs> so they, there's no uh, good reason for it not to keep up with that, at least not that I can see today. And uh, so, yeah, if it grows 3 or 4% a year, uh, and they've got a dividend that's 2%, which it currently is, you know, you're talking about a 7% return. That's not bad. That's not, that's not fantastic, but it's not bad. And uh, so that would make perfect sense for somebody to have a small position and for a fund that's going and looking at Lowe's versus Beyond Meat. Now, Beyond Meat's share price fluctuates all over the place. Lots and lots of reasons for that. One of them is that you'll find the more overvalued a stock becomes, the more its share price has a tendency to fluctuate. And you can mark my words on that. 
the more overvalued a stock becomes, the more its share price tends to fluctuate. And we'll talk a little bit more about why that happens when we come back from these commercial messages. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. That's really funny. <laughs> My mind moves so fast in so many different directions. I'm not saying that that is a good thing, by the way. But uh, I forget what I'm talking about from one commercial break to the next. It is hilarious. And unfortunately, today I don't have anybody to call in and remind me. <laughs> but, you know, I was talking about something a little earlier today, like the Beyond Meat, why that was not a, uh, um, a safe investment for most people. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't... Um, invest in it, but you better have a good plan of how you're going to get out and how you're going to minimize your losses. And incidentally, that is the a big part of every financial plan. Uh, a financial plan, a big part of your financial plan is the investment plan. It's probably should be about two thirds of the plan should be investment planning. That's why we focus on that. It's an important part, probably one of the most important things you're going to do. It's more important than taxes. It's more important than making sure uh, your estate is going to go ex- you know, perfectly smoothly. That is really important, by the way. But it's not as important as having money to leave to an estate. How's that? Because if you don't have any money, you don't have an estate. So it's a big deal. And uh, I just don't, you know, I don't think it's given as much attention as it, it should be given, <laughs> should be given, particularly when it comes to risk. I mean, I hear people all the time, well, the S&P did this. Well, the S&P was down 50% twice in one 10-year time period, had negative returns, 10 years. You're going to tell me that you're willing to sit through 10 years because, by the way, you will not know when to get out. You will not know when to get back in. And if you do get lucky and avoid one big decline, guess what? Now you got to get lucky again and get it, get back in at the right time. And then you have to keep doing that. That's a, uh, nobody's ever made a living doing that in the stock market, by the way. You can say these, these high-frequency traders, they're not doing that. That's not what they're doing. Uh, those guys are front-running. That, that It used to be illegal, but now they legalize it. If you've got a billion dollars and a high-powered computer and a bunch of people, you can do it. That's not, they're not timing the market at all. They're taking advantage of the way the market executes trades. So... Nobody's making a living calling the direction of the stock. They just aren't. It's just not out there. So I'm going to leave that behind. And it's not necessary anyway. Not only is it not possible uh, for the vast majority, when I say the vast majority, I'm talking about 999,999 out of a million. (laughs) That's That's the approximate number of people who can actually call the direction of the markets. And I've never met anybody. 
everyone I've ever met, you know, charged me 3,500 bucks for a seminar that lasted three or four days and uh, gave me this software. I went home and it didn't work. And I've got a bunch of those, by the way. (laughs) Fortunately, that was a long time ago. Boy, when I think of what that would have been worth if I just put it into Lowe's. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Kind of. But uh, anyway, so off the subject again, we were talking about Beyond Meat, how overpowered uh, priced it was. Now, this company came up on a scan just recently. The price to sales ratio, which any of you that's been that have followed me for a long time know that I'm a big fan of. I'm not a big fan of price to earnings ratio. Unless you can read financial statements and balance sheets and can go in and dig through the math and come up with your own estimate, which is probably going to take you a very long time. Price to sales ratio is a little quicker. And it's a little easier to use once you've been using it for a long time and and you kind of have some guidelines set out, which eventually I'll end up publishing at one point in time. Anyway, if you look at that price to sales ratio that I was talking about with Beyond Meat, that's actually what I was talking about. When it's selling for 100 times its annual revenue, somebody's going to pay you 100 years. Let me me just check that again because I thought it might have been 50. So let me, I just want to try to be accurate. As accurate as I can, I know it doesn't really matter anymore now that Trump is president, but the uh, <laughs> but, but I still feel obligated <laughs> to, to try to go back and look at it. And by the way, you know, everybody makes an honest mistake every now and then. They, they all do, so I'm not really going to say too much about it. Yeah, it's about 100 times, <laughs> almost 100 times, 100 times revenue. Now, there was this other company, and it's called SunPower. And back in the uh, 2006, 2007, 2008, share price goes from 26 bucks up to 125. These guys hardly had any business back then, almost none. It was a lot less, well, a lot less than they were, they're doing today. So they were doing a lot less business in 2007 when the stock peaked at 150 bucks than they're doing today. Okay, last time I looked at the calendar, and said 2019. 2019 is 12 years from 2007. Today, that share price is 11 bucks, $11.60. Do you hear what I'm saying? It was 150 bucks. And that's, by the way, this is adjusted for all splits. There's no split in there. And don't, that's been adjusted. These are the real numbers. If you had paid 150 bucks for that stock, it'd be worth $11 today. Okay. And, but SunPower, by the way, is a vertically integrated solar, solar manufacturer. I'm sorry. I can't speak today. Solar module manufacturer and systems installer. The company's modules derive from crystal and silicon technology and possess the industry's highest conversion efficiencies. They have the highest efficiency of any of the companies. And its stock went from 150 to 11. <laughs> now, that's what I'm talking about. And I'm here to tell you, Beyond Meat is one of those. So if you really wanted to make some money on Beyond Meat, you'd buy an out-of-the-money put, and you would buy a leap on that. Now, this is a gamble. This is not really an investment. Okay, An out-of-the-money put means you're going to buy the right to sell that to somebody else at its current price, and you're going to pay for that right. Okay, You're going to pay some money for that right. You want to do it maybe a year or two years from now. If you get two years, that'd be great. I'll have to look these things up. 
I'm not recommending that anybody do this, by the way, because that's it's like a lottery ticket. It's a lottery ticket with slightly better chances. It's kind of like, I guess it would be similar to, um, I don't know. I'm just going to leave it there. It's like a lottery ticket with slightly better chances. So if the stock Beyond Meat crumbles uh, very quickly, you would make a lot of money because you uh, invested in the right to be able to sell it at its current price. Okay, that's your investment. If it goes down way below its current price, you have the right to, to exercise that option to have somebody to buy it from you at that higher price and you're basically buying it at the lower price. <laughs> so you're, you're buying low and selling high because you did it using a, a put option. And I, again, I don't recommend that you do that. I'm just pointing out that companies can have really good stories and Beyond Meat's got a great story. I've, I've never had one of the burgers. I'm going to have to go find a place that has it because I don't know if they have them around the Cleveland area. But everybody's bragging about it and saying, oh, this is great. And I'm like, I'm looking at it going, oh, yeah, this is a vegetable burger. <laughs> Do you know how many food manufacturers there are? <laughs> you really think they don't know how to uh, make a, a product that tastes similar to that? Yeah. You know how many chemical labs there are across the country and they put that under an analyzer and uh, they know immediately what that thing's made out of. So they just start knocking it off and trying to charge cheaper prices because that's how capitalism works, actually. But the uh, anyway, long story short, I just got to be careful. I got a seminar coming up where I'll make all of this clear. I can make this stuff clear in less than an hour. I can show you what to look for in less than an hour. Now, unless you're a really fi- fast writer, you're probably going to have to go to two or three of these seminars to get it all, okay? which is not a big deal because they're free. But you'll get at least, you'll you'll remember at least, I don't know, maybe a third of it or, or probably about half of it, which is pretty good. And by the time you've been to three of them, you'll, you'll be an old hand. And it's one of the reasons, by the way, that I'm even doing the lookout for the bull because when I see stocks like that and I see SunPower Corporation make, breaking out, and I saw that the stock used to be over 150 bucks, and now it's down to $11, okay? I'm trying to teach you self-defense. If you want to get into individual stocks, if you really want to do that, I want to help prepare you for what you're about to see and, and getting into the ring, you know, because it, it's hard. You're competing against highly trained professionals. You're not pe- competing against your neighbors. I mean, you might be competing against them too if they're doing this. But there are literally thousands of highly trained, highly motivated professionals that you're competing against. You do have an edge, by the way. You do have an edge. It's not a big edge, but it's an edge. In the uh, actually, in yeah, most cases, actually, it is a big edge. But uh, and I'll show you how to kind of exploit that. And it all goes back to that conversation about risk control. You know. How do you control the risk on your portfolios? How do you try to make sure that you're not taking too much risk? And uh, there's some fairly easy ways to do that too. I hear, uh, every time I hear a four-syllable word, I kind of cringe. The, the uh, allocation uh, follows the two-syllable asset, two asset word, asset allocation. That really, it just, just kills me. The way that that's been used and misused over the years, 
let me put it to you like this. This is another simple thing. And that, that's my goal. The rest of my career is to take these complex ideas, try to make them simple. And since I hear the music, you're probably going to have to wait till next week to hear more about that. <laughs> Sorry about that. You've been listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon at 1420 a.m. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.